Next up on BBC Two, it's Rat Catchers Live. I fucking got one. <laughs> You spawn the rats and we'll catch them. Rat catchers live. Rat catchers. Terry, stop making those noises and start catching rats. Sorry about that. Okay, here we are, fellas. Right, uh, so tonight um, we're actually in a sewer down the bottom of Walthamstow, and I'm uh, obviously with our two uh, main guys. Uh, we've got uh, Porky uh, Pete over here. Hello. And uh, we got uh, Frenchy Frank. Hello, hello. Right, okay, so um, what sort of size rats do you uh, think we're going to go after tonight, then, fellas? Oh, I just wanted to say before we get on, I had a joke. Yeah, you said, you said. Said, didn't you? You said we we're, we're in the sewers under Walthamstow, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but up there in Walthamstow, bit of a sewer. Hey, that's a cheeky one. That's a cheeky one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could just we could just edit that, cut it in. So no, no, we're live. We're live. <laughs> Thank um, oh. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go out tonight. I reckon with a hula hoop and a trap. Oh, now tell me you're going to be going after the Persian technique. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a subtle, you know, not many people in the continent do it these days, but I learned it off uh, off my tutor when I was doing my apprenticeship in Turin, and I think it's the best one for getting a bike handle like. I've always, I've always thought that hula hooping while rat catching was a showing a bit of flair, yeah. Yeah, well, that's it, that's it. Yeah, you know, it puts them at ease. <laughs> what do... What are you going for? I've got them. What are you going for? Porky, 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 what are you going after then, mate? Well, I'm going for a traditional bait and switch technique, um, which, of course, you'll be more than familiar with, Frenchie. And, of course, um, Horatio. um, Bloody love a bacon switch, don't we? Oh, yeah, the bacon... (laughs) (laughs) The bacon switch... The bait and switch is a, it's a rudimentary technique. It never fails. Essentially, you press the bacon. And, and the rats come running. Standard standard trouser press for the bacon. Well, the Corby, the Corby has a phenomenal heat um, uh, to temperature ratio, which... <laughs> The Corby has a gotta have a good heat to temperature ratio. Gotta yeah. go, gotta do these. The Corby has a phenomenal heat to surface area ratio, meaning when you press the bacon in there, it sizzles without burning, releasing the odorous fumes, oh. tempting the rats in, and uh, from then on, you know they're, they're so intoxicated, so, bagging them up is pretty straightforward. So, right? of course, for everyone at home, you'll know that that means, of course, he's using a nineteen seventies Corby because once the unions got too involved in the nineties, you couldn't get the voltage no more, wasn't that right? It's right, and. Uh, we, 
with, with, the, with the modern extension cables, we have had a few issues with uh, short circuits, and um, actually we uh, executed the entire waterbed of yeah. uh, the East London metropolitan region. Which, so uh, I, that explains the generator on your back tonight? Yes, it does. I'm, I'm isolating the threat so that should there be a, a, uh, an electronic lapse, I will uh, bear the brunt. Okay, so uh, we'll do the normal um, tempo for the programme. We'll each have a counter on us. Um, shall we say first one gets to 50s by the points? All right, I'm uh, northeast. Okay, I'm going to go uh, southwest. Uh, yeah, all right. See ya. Uh, Frenchie, you got a direction? or yeah, Of course you got a direction, Frenchie. Well, I was going to stay here, wasn't I? What? What? Yeah, I'm going after King Rat. Oh, Frenchie. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't exist. Oh, he does too exist. Oh, it's just he's an urban legend, mate. I've seen him. I've told you that I've seen him. Well, at least once, oh. I, did, I did tell you that I saw him, and I'm pretty sure that I wasn't lying. You were hammered, Frenchie. You were barely making sense when you that's told true, us That's true, that's true. You were wearing a cocktail sausage at the time. Yeah, but at least after things I know, yeah, I've been hammered and wearing a cocktail sausage full, so... Well, that is true. It was good enough for your wedding, I suppose. And listen, I've got the perfect bait for him. Oh, well, go on then, go on then. I've got a costume... Right. I'm going to dress up as Queen Rat. Get out of it. No, 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 no. Everybody knows, every, all the stories say, don't they, that King Rat's always on the horn, always looking for a lady rat to top. Hey, yeah, well, you ain't got a nice. tail. You ain't got a tail, Frenchie. Yeah, wait. look, look, I've got the costume in my, in my pocket. Oh, oh my God. You fit enough props in your pocket. It's a massive pocket. Look at this big tail on this old costume. Well, have you got scent on you and all? No, I figured I'd just do a, a sexy little rat dance. All oh, right. Um, and well, might giving us a little demonstration yeah, for the yeah, viewers yeah, at home. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you have to describe it while I do it because they can't see through the medium of the teleradio. <laughs> Quite right. All right. So, look. So, Frenchie ooh. seems to have put on some some sort of clogs. Um, he's affixing the tail to his sort of left scapula and he's gyrating around a little bit now. His uh, right pectoral yes, kind of gyrating is the right word, ratio. Carry on. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he's now putting... He's rubbing cheese on his beard and there seems to be crumbs coming out of his knees now. I don't know where he got them from. Um, oh, just you know just how the sexiest of the ladies' rats do it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'd kind of describe it like Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins, but instead of the band, uh, just imagine crumbs, bits of chocolate, um, you know, basically what your granddad looks like at Christmas after he's had a bit too much pudding. Um, I, I mean, I'd be amazed if King Rat doesn't go for that, to be honest, mate. Yeah, go on. You two, Scarpa, go off on your piddly 50 rats. You can buy the pints in the pub. I'll come along with my new rat husband. <laughs> Wait, you, you're, you're saying you wish to ensnare the king rat, not as a trapper, but as a seductor. Oh no, this is Rat Catchers Live. I am going to try and catch the rat, but there is a 90% chance he will overpower me. <laughs> well, Frenchie, you can't expect us to, to head off into the darkness of the sewers and leave you on your own to be assaulted by the king rat. You know full well he won't come if there are three of us. He likes a good one-on-one, -on -one. that makes him come, it does. So, you leave me here, I'll try and conquer him, and if that don't work, 
then I suppose I'll be his rat wife for as long as he lives. Fair enough. Well, I'll, um, let's just leave you with a couple of GoPros then. And um, right, we'll, we'll crack on then. See you later. So catch you guys in a bit. All right. At the pub. Don't know you beat. Hey. Ratcatcher's Live is filmed in front of a live studio audience <laughs> of mice. tell you guys my idea for something I wanted us to review. Yes. It was this shit thing that I tried to do and I failed at. Beer is called the ticket. Well, that's a ticket. <clears throat> exactly. So we just have to draw out some scenarios for as long as possible, punctuated by somebody... And then... Ah. That's a ticket. The ticket. <laughs> a new beer. By whoever the fuck is bringing it. It just By means... hops and anus. Yes, yes. <laughs> By Hobbs and anus. Hobbs and anus. Hobbs and anus. Thomas Hobbs. Thomas Hobbs famously said on his first visit to Connecticut in 1653, if only there was a foundry here. A foundry for dreams. A foundry for friendship. A foundry for Hobbs and anus. <laughs> What Thomas Hobbes didn't know is that the Native Americans actually had a peremptory brewing culture of their own, mixing grains, including vulgar wheat and a foreign strain of corn, together with the kind of mossy water they often collected at the base of mountaintops. They created a rudimentary brew. It was an ale, or more like a pachin. And in fact, the dysentery it caused in all of those that supped from the sacred fount caused a rear anal explosion. Which led the Native Americans to say, Ah. Uh, when Hobbes first left Connecticut and took the strain back to Europe, he christened it the Leviathan. And from there, he started his first great political work, which is what most people know of him today. The Leviathan runs to many hundreds of pages. What's little known about the Leviathan is that the first copy was actually illustrated by Hobbes himself. On page 112, there was a rudimentary drawing of a crow, which has led some readers to speculate that where Hobbes was riding the Leviathan, or at least that portion of it, there was a crow nearby. And Hobbes, seized by an almost botanical instinct to record what it was that he witnessed, began sketching the crow. It must be said the detail of the drawing is not excellent. Hobbes was certainly a better political philosopher than he was an illustrator. The legs are at odd angles, the feathers are crudely drawn, and Hobbes used what is now commonly considered to be a pen, not of course appreciating the importance afforded to the sketcher or artist of using a pencil, enabling them to rub out the sketch. One of the other theories around Thomas's strange drawings is the dysentery that was affecting him from his first brew of the Leviathan, whilst aboard the Sunset Rose, which was uh, taking him across the Atlantic Ocean, had actually made him bedridden. And it was here where he first thought about politics, and what it was to actually be equal and how a man could establish himself in polite society. For this reason, a lot of people suppose that the crow might actually be symbolic for such things as soup dividends and vouchers. The carpenter in charge of building the Sunset Rose was a man who hailed from the port of Grimsby. His name was Olafur Johansson. He had settled in Grimsby as a result of a 
truncated uh, escape from Sweden. And on arrival in Grimsby, he decided to build the least seaworthy vessel ever made. It was partly a protest, Olafur having come from a family of shipwrights who had been rejected by then-King Gustavus Adolphus XIV of Sweden. Olafur, having settled in Grimsby, decided to take revenge on the Swedish king who had so unceremoniously expelled him from his homeland. Thus began the creation of a ship that could barely sail straight. In fact, it rocked so violently in even a gentle breeze that when Hobbes was sailing on it, he was tempted to declare the following famous epithet. Oh, I wish I had dysentery again. <laughs> Hobbes is editor removed this epithet from the inside jacket of the first cover of the Leviathan. Hobbes was determined that it would be published and indeed circulated to all of the universities who were eager for the publication of this first draft. However, it was removed, but it has been found in the British Library, surviving in an old copy of the Leviathan, recently discovered behind the back of a bookshelf. One of the interesting things to always think about in this situation is the secondary sources available that validate these claims. Famously, Hobbes and Samuel Pepys were best friends. Now, during the Great Fire of London, the Sunset Rose had actually been operating as a funeral barge. The unseaworthy nature of the hull made her perfect for the short haul between Richmond Park and the Tower of London, where most burials were conducted. Samuel Pepys first went aboard with Thomas Hobbes on a voyage to Holland. At the time, that was famously owned by Denmark. <laughs> While sailing, they both concocted their favorite flavors. Samuel Pepys recorded this in his famous diary. One of his most favorite and cherished flavors in a drink, and indeed politics, was cheese. <laughs> Ooh, the scent of cheese! Cried Samuel. Ooh, the scent of cheese in the morning really gets me out of bed. I mean, it really does it for me. I mean, I really would keep sleeping if it wasn't for cheese. In several years' time, commentators would speculate how much he sounded like Giles Brandreth. <laughs> Good grief, you know, he sounded like Giles Brandreth. The Sunset Rose made one final voyage before it was eventually disassembled and turned into scrap wood. The Sunset Rose was used as a funeral barge for none other than Winston Churchill, who, of course, after a state funeral, was born in great state onto a barge. <laughs> Rocking and rolling, the Sunset Barge tipped many of the most distinguished mourners into the waters of the Thames. Well. Herbert Asquith, who, as he pitched overboard, quipped famously, Good heavens, it's cheesy overboard here. <laughs> Samuel Pepys would have been delighted. Notable guests at the funeral were General Eisenhower of Connecticut, Dorothy Parsons of Connecticut, <laughs> and Arthur Graham of Wisconsin. But his mother was born in Connecticut. <laughs> Arthur Graham was the celebrated inventor of the Graham Cracker, which in his later years, as Winston Churchill approached dementia, he realized became his favorite food. In fact, it swiftly supplanted his relatives as his favorite companions. 
He was often known to declare to a graham cracker plateful in the morning over his bowlful of champagne the following famous acid-tongued line. Too fucking dry on their own. Upon arrival at the funeral, General Eisenhower had forgotten most of the Second World War. He was wondering why the clouds were in the sky and the water was in the river. Ah, oh, the clouds in the sky. He cried at a local school child. <laughs> the school child looked perplexed and asked his mother what to do. His mother, who happened to be Queen Elizabeth, said, I don't know, but don't touch children. That child grew up to be Prince Andrew and didn't listen to his mother. <laughs> independent, we realise we need to go back to our great British roots. Mm. And what does Britain do better than poetry? So we dug up the bones of William Shakespeare, ground them into a paste, and fed them to a series of young men. For years they subsisted on nothing but this bone meal, and now we present them live on air. My name's Caspian, and I've written a poem. Entitled Ode to Paste. Oh, twere dry yet wet, lest we ever forget how to enmaken a plaster. Uh, the the colour of pale alabaster. Uh, his thighs were entwined round my neck and that's all I got to. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And of course they will receive a meal of meal in reward <laughs> for their efforts. Mm. Richard N. Sonorus. Uh, I've, I, I, I've written my poem, uh, as I know some of my other compatriots will not. <laughs> About uh, y yesterday's uh, momentous uh, ruling legally, we were to leave uh, the European Union, and, and, and I'd like to give you a little extract from my work. <coughs> 11 p.m. Rings twice a day and twice every hundred years. We come and we go from a union of not our making. Brought into it many moons ago when we had saved the continent from incontinent workers, <laughs> leaving for sovereignty that we could make sovereigns from it is so gold. 
and now we stand bathed in a golden shower. <laughs> Thank you. Gosh, that's worth two portions of meal at least. Mm. Do we have any other poetic contributors before we transfer to the next segment? Yes. <laughs> I have one which I have entitled Upon a Feather. Upon a feather I were drifting with father. The stream were a gentle then, but now we're further on the feather. The feather, the name of our boat. In childhood I stared at it yonder, now it approach. Together we are oarsmen on the breach. The breach to where? Freedom and everywhere. <laughs> now it's approach. <laughs> now it's approach. <laughs> delightful, delightful, friend. Uh, I got a poem I'd like to share. Uh, my name's my name's Baxter Coxkin. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I, I don't work on this one for a while now because I've seen this coming. And it's called it's called them um, leaky Get your fucking arse out, pick me up and round about, shove me up and shove me down, and in the side, you'll find your round. <laughs> Stanza one. <laughs> up and out my arse it came, fondling out and touching the rain. Then my pollock burst and leaked all over your granny's feet. <laughs> Stanza two. Pop my cherry, milk my sprout, touch my gent and watch out. Leaking up and finding round. In your end, I'll be bound. <laughs> stanza three. Got a lot of these stanzas. Do you have a limit or what? Can I just keep going? No, please keep going. I, our listeners, I believe, are, are changed their beds. <laughs> slice your mum and slice your da. Leave your uncle. He's a lie. Find your aunt and kiss her twice. That's because her mouth is fucking nice. <laughs> I'm afraid these stanzas are getting a little sinister. <laughs> is there is there an, a more optimistic note before we finish? Right, of course there is. Leave us out, we'll be just fine. Chicken up and turkeys dine. Find my green and store it hither. Because in my den... <laughs> that, is that the end? And you want more? Right, of course, it stands at five. Stands at five. You'll not take that fucking microphone. Leave it out. Right. Right. Cross the border, you wee fucking cunt. Lick your toes out and chop my munt. Hey, my back's and there's my armpit. Cut me out and slick my darn pit. Stanza six. <laughs> Impossible dream, you fucking cunt. Lick my nose and suck my munt. <laughs> Down the tears, they fall and weigh. Gran your Baxter and fucking lay. Is this making sense or 
If you, right, I'm just gonna, I'm plowing on. Stands a seven. <laughs> Plug your hole in dreams a dream. In your ass, I find my ween. I cut myself and bleed a thither. And that's your ma. And she's in a tither. And while Mr. Baxter carries on with his poetry, which we will return to after our next feature, we now have a meeting between three experts on what it is to be British. I'd like to introduce our three guest speakers for today. Would you like to introduce yourself first, sir? Yes, of course. Hello. It's lovely to be here. Um, May I just say that um, on this evening, Mm. Um, I think we're all agreed mm. that um, that pleasure has never abounded so mm. so uproariously in in our loins. I believe I speak of my loins, and I speak of all of our loins when I say that um, that at last, my loins agree. <laughs> and our next guest speaker from the University of Bowhampton. Yeah, hello, Audrey Burbeck, uh, speaking from my own loins. Uh, yeah, I'm a, an expert in prepositions, uh, but. And of course, our Vox Pop, Man from Street. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I have some questions that the English public, and indeed the British public, have sent in, and I would like to pose them to you and see what you believe. Obviously, we have someone who is very eager to, 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 to secede from the Union, uh, someone who fought very hard for Remain, and, and of course... I like burgers. Uh, you, yes, of course. Um, so we, we'd, we'd quickly like to uh, take the question uh, from, um, from Javin, uh, Gavin, in, um, in, in, in uh, Lipton, has asked, um, what can he expect in terms of women coming to the UK, which I think is a question on, 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 on many young men's minds. And indeed, I'd like to broaden that to, to, to what can people expect? Europeans coming over. Are we, are we still going to get the quality of, of, of the visitors that we've got used to? Um, maybe we'd like to start with you, Audrey. Um, yeah, well, I, firstly, I'd like to say probably not, Kevin. Um, mm. You know, I, in the past, plenty of people have, have come over expecting to um, meet uh, reasonable, thoughtful, uh, indeed human people mm. uh, in our British Isles. And, and clearly we've shown the world that no. That's absolutely not what we're about. Um, in fact, but therefore. <laughs> Indeed. Um, uh, so, so you didn't actually introduce yourself to the listeners. No, no it's that's quite true. I'm, I'm of course, um, uh, uh, my <coughs> my name, such such as it is, which is it, which it is. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> Um, um, my name, of course, is um, is 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 Billingham. Is, is <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm of course none other than Billingham Trout, editor of the um, Old Stateswoman magazine. And um, uh, may I say, uh, first of all, at the outset, that um, I I resent the suggestion from our Vox Pop that um, when he, of course, pointed out, uh, which I'm sure we all assumed was true, that he likes burgers, that in fact he was levelling what I would consider to be something of a dig at me. Um, <laughs> well, 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 we can ask. Were you were you levelling a dig at um, at Miss Billing? Um, no, I was just noting that I am particularly fond of patties and, in buns. I, I think it stands to reason that Vox Pop Man on the Street does 
does say something that we would all ag- agree with. Well, well, that's you're quite right, and that's precisely my issue, because the intimation was, of course, that me, coming from my privileged background, don't like burgers. Well, I would have our Vox Pop know that I do, in fact, Well, like I've got to say, I mean, this is a typical sort of, you know, Ramona attitude that we've got, that you found here. Uh, you know, everything's self-centred about them. And, um, I, you know, uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I think this not, uh, should be a celebration. Billingham actually worked very hard for the Leave campaign. Well, not hard enough. It took three years. Right. Well, this is actually the next question we have from Lay, uh, sorry, Lee uh, from Stansted. Um, the airport? Oh, he lives in the airport. Oh, lovely. Um, so he's saying... Like that film with Tom Hanks. Yes, the terminal. Yes. Yes, yes. No, very good, good film. Very, very good film. Yeah. Well, you would know. You're all well, the people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I used to be in love with a volleyball. Uh, volleyball... <laughs> I don't get paid millions. Just saying. I believe that was... Actually, I read that article. I believe you were in love with a volleyball coach. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, why did Brexit take what did so long, says Lay? <clears throat> well, of course, I, I would love to answer the question of Lay. And, of course, the question of Havin, um, which, which, you know, uh, p- politely and indeed fairly requesting some more details about Brexit. But I would like to return to the um, to the accusation levelled at me by Vox Pop, and um, and I would like to st- I would like to state categorically that I have always eaten burgers. That I eat a burger a day. <laughs> in in fact, um, and and indeed indeed, if you were to ask me which was my favourite burger, I would say all of them. But all what is what is your favourite burger? All of them. But which one specifically? I've eaten them all. From where? All about Pizza Express. <laughs> Pizza, you, you've had a burger at Pizza Express? Of course. Isn't that, isn't that what they sell there? Oh shit. Oh shit. I mean, I mean to say, I mean to say I've read, I've read all of there is to know about burgers and, and, and I, and I, and I resent, and I resent any implication from, I, I resent it and I won't stand for it. And this is precisely the reason why we've had to leave. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we have time for one more question, and it's from Seam, uh, Sean, um, from Whick. Whick, yes, Whick. Um, and he's saying, what about that? Oh, no, I won't say that word. No, and that's all we have time for. Um, thank you to all our guests tonight, and of course, thank you uh, to those at home. Not, of course, you, Sean, from Whick. Uh, and handing back to Poetry Evening, where we are on stanza 83. Cut my rump and splice my dice. Leave it on and thrice is nice. <laughs> Up my jaunty, down my spout. Cranking over, crunching grout. Stanza 84. Soapy bubbles pop and burst, leaving traces all the worst, leaking out and spreading wide on my entrails, glistening and slide. Stands at 85. Boil the kettle, pour it out, scald my skin and peel my spout. Snouts are nice, but ears are better. Cheeks and bits, well, they'll taste better. Stands at 86. Find my way and lose my trumpet. Out my wheels and there's my strumpet. Found my nance and there's a gusket. Spidery webs and dusty musket. And we'll return to the Poetry Hour after BBC Radio 3's Essay of the Day. And this week it is brought to you by the Professor of 
Technology at the University of Warwick, entitled A Lecturette on Standing. Let us begin quickly, swiftly, uh, but not altogether slowly at all, uh, on an introduction to this here essay. One did stand, one has standen, he standed, and yet we all stood. What does this mean? Yes, exactly, here we begin. In the past, they sat, they lay, they laid down. Today, here we stand, they stand, he, she, it. Upright, grand, both types of piano, indeed, stand. A coincidence, perhaps. An essay, probably not. In conclusion! Sense has taken many hits, but she stands still. Thank you. And there'll be more next week, or even tomorrow, on our essay of the day. But now back to our poetry, where we're now on stanza 152. Crack my shell! Bore me over! up and bake me solid crispy bits and crunchy entails all my conkers fallen off hello I'm, I'm here to collect Barry what can I leave now oh Barry oh sweetie dear come with me. oh you wicked man <laughs> parts for actual solid food this evening, we present the sound of another family eating dinner. Mm. It's a good roast gull, isn't it? <laughs> Where'd you catch this gull? Oh, down, down the sewers. Yeah. Big one though, wasn't it? Yeah. But the right amount of legs, which is what you've got to look for, because yeah. the other ones, they... It had been on the line for a few days, mine, so I did pick the maggots out, yeah. but... We had that. I'll save them for the hors d'oeuvres tomorrow. Yeah. Sorry, I can't use French. Sorry, Dad. Sorry, don't. Don't. Ah! Ow! Hey. 
fucking do it! No, I'm, I'm, I promise you, I won't, I won't do it again. This is woke up granddad. We mash his goal for him. And we said grace. Let's say grace together. One, two, two three. Grace! grace. Right, okay. None of you are fucking about. Right. Uh, bow your heads. Cornwall ex machina. Cornwall ex machina. For the scrap we are grateful. For the scrap we are grateful. Yeah, grateful. From New King to St. Ives. From New King to St. Ives. God bless Brenda's thighs. God, God bless, bless Brenda's thighs. Amen. 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 Right. Well, it remains a question how the gold population, having moved into the sewers, is sustaining itself. Well, uh, sorry, did you say gulp population? No, gold population. No, gold population. Ah, oh, mistake. Population. And also gulf, gulf, gulf ovulation. Well, there must be gulf ovulation if the gold population is sustaining yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. gulp eggs aren't nice. Says who? Well, nan always. But what you've got to do is you've got to be careful because you can't eat too many of the eggs, you can't eat too many of the gulls because you need a successful gull rotation to make gull populations exactly. continue the gull ovulation. It is true, yes. If we, if, we, if we halt the gull ovulation and indeed the gull population will collapse and we'll be eating... Well, what those poor fuckers who are listening to us eating this gull will be eating. What, pictures of gulls? <laughs> Fire picture. Pictures of gulls? No, Grandad, photo <laughs> snaps of gulls. They just look at a picture of jam. Back That's before... It. Where did we move back to before, back. We're supposed to be eating here. Oh, Sorry. God. Well, there isn't that much gull. I, I, I finished my wing of my, I mean, a couple of hours ago. Look, they're paying us for the sounds, all right? We don't have to actually have much. Why gold. have we moved down to Cornwall, though? It sounds like more we're from Mestry. Just because it made sense for Grandad, he wanted to move down here. Uh-huh. He said it was the heartland of the. Oh, is that where world. Brenda's thighs are? Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a rock formation, I think. In Caravan. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry, Grandad. Right, well, I'm, I'm the only one making any noises, so I'm. Sorry, no. Right, thanks. Thank you, oh, I've got you. a bone! <laughs> Don't tell them that, they won't want to eat any. I'll put, I'll put it in the soup for tomorrow. Great, we'll have those after the order. Yeah. What have I done? <laughs> Dad, stop it! No! Dad, you got your heart, Dad! Your I heart. deserve it! Oh, right. Okay, now, no more words of any other language other than English. Agreed? Capiche. Ask what my favourite thing about sovereignty is, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. The best thing about being sovereign is that you can just look across the table and say, you know, you and I are going to fuck tonight. <laughs> and you can say it, you can mean it. But you can, you can also bloody say, you can say it out loud, which you couldn't before because you weren't sure if you're going to offend anyone, of course. Right. Yeah. But, but now I can sit across the table, like, remember, we can sit in the Savoy, the Ritz, yeah, or uh, one of the down. We do. We do frequently. We, 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 do, we do. And, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll bloody bring my bloody wife to some of them, and I'll just look across the table and be like, do you know what, Reginald D. Scrampton, I want 
to deck you up to dinner. Well, you know what? And that's okay. You know, B- Bumblebee, Fun- Bumblebee Funnington, it's one of the favourite, it's one of the favourite things you ever say to me. Well, uh, I know. I, 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 I bloody European waiter. No. I find that weird. No. <laughs> Embarrass me in my own bloody heart. No, me. I mean, I mean, frankly, we're free. Before, we were curtailed. We were, we were shrimps. We were. <laughs> we were. We were. And now we're mighty whales once more. Mighty, turgid whales. <laughs> Big blowholes. Big bloody blowholes. That's bloody right. Bloody right. Huge! Huge! Big- Big fins, big blowholes. <laughs> Fuck you, waves. I am the ruler here. I don't take no for an answer. I'm a whale. Right. Barleen. That was our secret. Barleen. Barleen. There we went. All over the world. Huge bloody mouth. Scoop it all in. I'll tell you what else they don't like. No. And they really don't like it. Good. Barnacles. And that's why you won't find any barnacles on the Royal Navy. No admirals we have have barnacles. Not those French froggy admirals. Barnacles all over their shoulders. Barnacles for dinner. Barnacles for breakfast. Mm. And those German admirals, God forbid, barnacles on their bloody hats. English admirals. English admirals. No. Just good old gold. Good old Navy uniforms. Hats are crisp, akimbo, and lovely. No barnacles anywhere near them. We can all all agree that... We've really just been left with what's good about this country. If I was to select one, I think uh, it would be that quality which uh, John Kennedy was said to have possessed, which is grace under pressure. Because there will be pressure, there will be danger, there will be discomfort, hunger, fatigue, sometimes exhaustion. But there must also be that ability to control, to go on thinking, to go on leading, uh, to go on being an inspiration when times are very difficult. So I'd have thought that is the real quality that is central to so many others. And now, bringing things to a close, I think we ought to reflect on the future that awaits us. It's not going to be easy, but indeed we've created what we here at Mildred's Milky Tin know as a vocabulary tableau, which means words fuse in an almost sensical fashion to create Brexit pie, flange, lunch fast, euro creme, quim chugies, shelving, coke fart, spankistan, (laughs) (laughs) oogly boogly's. Thank you for early imbibing us today. You've been listening to Mildred's Milky Tin. Please, come again. <laughs>